girls, it is so nice that we finally had the chance to meet again. I'm so happy to be out of the house for once. Even if the weather isn't that nice today, I'm still unbelievably glad to have grown-ups other than my wife around me. Don't get me wrong, I love my children, but a little change is always welcome, as well as a little chit-chat in my favorite cafe. Speaking of our kids, I think it's amazing that our group of girls has grown up so much and that we all have kids now and can exchange ideas about our kids' progress. When I recently picked up my little Jamie from kindergarten, I had another brief conversation with the kindergarten teacher. She told me that Jamie has quite a strong temperament because at the moment he's quite stormy and extremely defiant. And in addition, he can't concentrate very well on his tasks. I mean, you all know he just turned three. He's at an age where little boys are just deep in their self-centeredness and think that the world is all theirs and almost bursting with power. That's why I read up a bit on temperament. I found out that Jamie is probably an active and lively kid. His temperament is just a little wilder and more pronounced. I don't think that's anything to worry about, but I was afraid that something was wrong with Jamie because of the conversation with the kindergarten teacher. But I don't think that's the case, but I'm still going to have it checked out by a doctor. Safety first. Hmm, Larissa, maybe you have already observed how Jamie behaves in kindergarten and at home. Are there any differences? Yes, that is an exciting thing. At home, Jamie is not at all like the kindergarten teacher describes him. In her opinion, he's totally stubborn there. He has tantrums when he has lunch at 12 o'clock in the kindergarten because most of the time he doesn't want to eat because he's not hungry then. At home, we usually eat at 2 p.m. or later. Then it's clear that he doesn't want to eat lunch so early in the kindergarten and wants to sleep afterwards. I mean... At home, I let Jamie his freedom, and if he is tired in my presence, he may sleep. And if he's not, that's okay. I let him decide. And he also decides for himself when he's hungry and tells me then. He's also totally picky. He doesn't like to eat everything, so I don't force him to eat anything he doesn't want. But in the kindergarten, there's an unfortunately no alternatives of the food offer. He eats whatever is put on the table. But he's also totally picky when he plays and rumps. He much prefers to move outside to let off steam than to think with a board game with his head. This is because he gets distracted very quickly by background noises and is generally more anxious than other kids, even if you wouldn't think so of him. By the way, I always read that the basic temperament always remains the same and that there's no good or bad temperament. It is always up to the people themselves who surround the child, how they deal with the child. If they do not respond to a child properly and treat it warmly because they have a different basic temperament by themselves, for example a light and flexible or a slow and reserved temperament, then the child does not get what it needs to satisfy its needs. It is the same with Jamie. Most of the time the kids play inside and do arts and crafts and are far too seldom outside for that and just allowed to romp. But Jamie needs a romp to get rid of the pent-up tension, for example due to fear. Well, 
maybe I should look around and see if there's another better kindergarten place for Jamie. Uh, Lena, have you had a similar experience with your little daughter? No, I think she's still too small for that. But I'm generally very interested in the development of my children. What hooked me the most was the ability of my little ones to connect with their environment. Their first smile when they were about three months old was incredible. It felt like they truly saw me for the first time. I researched a little bit back then, and it turns out we as parents can make such a big difference. Even if you don't notice it at first, the kids do it all the more. They notice when you're happy, when you're insecure, when you're tired, and so on. That is the reason why it is so important to be very cautious how you make them feel. Especially the very little ones are picking up exactly how we respond to their needs and feelings. Another thing that we as caregivers can do is to encourage their learning with your own enthusiasm. As well as giving the opportunity to play with kids their age. Kids can play more vividly with peers because they think, feel and imagine similar. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't play with your kids anymore, but at a certain point it helps them all the more when they have a peer who will contribute to this for us probably unimaginable world of fantasy and magic. I actually have the perfect example. My two-year-old just started to connect with the almost four-year-old daughter of a neighbor. She always looks so happy when they can play together. The two-year-old always tries to imitate the older one. For example, last week they played with wood cubes. The neighbor's daughter built a two-block high wall with the cubes and at first my girl just made a three-block high tower. But after realizing what her opponent did, she proceeded to build a wall as well. She even repeated Judy wall, Ella wall, Judy wall, Ella wall, over and over again. The neighbor's daughter just answered, my wall and your wall, my wall and your wall. They were so adorable to watch. I was mesmerized by their choice of words and wondered if it meant something. And it turns out my girl just portrayed the perfect example of a two and a half year old, as she recognized herself as separate to Ella. Ella, on the other hand, showed the understanding of the concept of mine and yours. I think it was the right decision letting them play with one another. They seemed to grow even faster together. Oh, speaking of language and speech, that reminds me that I wanted to tell you guys. You know that I love spending time with my sister's son, and of course, I observed him a little bit while playing. One day, he could only speak single words like mom, dad, car, or others. But his language developed so quickly that just a few weeks or maybe months later, he was almost able to speak full sentences and understand a lot more. Similar to what your neighbor's daughter did, he developed by saying simple forms of a sentence repeatedly and eventually formed longer sentences. Of course, there are still grammatical errors, but even there he is improving almost daily. Through the developing language, he can express himself better and better and also tell other children what he wants or what he is thinking while playing. Or do you know the situation that the child suddenly speaks words that you didn't say at home? It was the same with him, my sister told me. Suddenly he was talking about things that made you wonder where he got them from. Children learn so much from other children. That is why playing and contact with others is so important. But then I asked myself, why do children suddenly learn the language so quickly? 
I've picked out some information about it. Language development is a process by which children come to understand and communicate language during early childhood. Every child develops individually, but there are different stages. Language development begins before birth. So a fetus hears sounds and speech coming from outside the mother's body. An infant tries to communicate by crying, for example. Language begins to develop via repetition and imitation. At first, they mainly use ways to communicate to get what they want. They make sounds up on their own and repeat sounds from the environment. Then children try to pronounce the first words, which mostly refer to mom or dad. Subsequently, words are joined together to form two-word sentences and so on. Their vocabulary expands and they start talking about other things. At the age of three to four, they start to understand the roots of the language and the grammar improves. For this, the environment is necessary, for example, the parents, in order to practice, promote and correct the mistakes. Laura, I know exactly what you mean. Paula is also speaking better and better, but I have to constantly correct her grammar. I don't want to correct her all the time either because it's hard to find a balance between criticizing and practicing because the kids often don't understand the difference. But I think that's the hard part of being a mother. I will have to leave soon, but I have to tell you guys that I'm very glad to be able to talk to you about such educational and important topics. I mean, we just fast forward into talking about temperament, social and emotional and language development. And it's kind of funny too, because I happened to read a book about sensomotor skills the other day. You wouldn't believe how important it is for a child to develop their own body awareness. I mean, that it learns to orient itself to its own body in order to understand it and the movements that go with it. The child should know how it feels when it raises or lowers its arm or leg, but it should also be able to perceive the kinesthetics abilities. By this, I mean being able to discover a sense of position, a sense of movement, a sense of strange and a sense of tension. Learning to perceive movement is important so that the child can estimate distances or positions in the future. This will become important at the latest when the child wants to ride a bike or a car or just throw a ball. Before I read the book, I didn't know that children who have good self-awareness are more attentive to other children that they are able to seize and evaluate the behavior of others better, which means sensomotoric movement is an interaction of perception and movement. The perception takes place via the sensors, which in this instance are the eyes and ears, and the movement takes place via the motor skills, for example, playing ball. Did you know that already in the third week of pregnancy, a networking of the nerve cells and an electrical signal transmission to the muscle cells takes place? At least I didn't know that. And from the ninth week of pregnancy, the phase begins in which the main focus is on the development of perception and movement. 
but even later when the child has been born for a long time and starts to crawl, it should be allowed to do so for as long as possible and not be interrupted. This is probably due to the fact that during this time the left and right sides of the body start to become one unit and this is important for the economic locomotion but especially for the management of everyday life such as writing in school to the daily dressing, cooking or crafts. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you again. Unfortunately, I have to leave now. I think my ride is here. What a pity, but at least we had a few minutes to catch up with each other. Yes, but we will keep on drinking in your name. Of course, only coffee for us. Okay, I'll see you girls next time. Bye, my dears. Bye. Oh, girls, I have to tell you something. I recently ran into a really good-looking man. I wish you had seen him. Bye.